Chicago. I don't know why I'm saying Chicago. This is no longer based in Chicago. I mean, I'm a little close to Chicago, but I digress. Welcome to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. I'm your host for the next 43 minutes. Excited to be joining you live April 23rd, 2020. I say 43 minutes because I'm probably going to have to go downstairs at 5 o'clock for dinner and the news. Heard any news lately? Oops All Topics is brought to you by the Oops All Topics Network, reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at TheJedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. And finally, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. I got a critique this week that I should probably not eat soup and oyster crackers on the air. Although I think it was more funny than anything. So there you go. There's your first error in omission. But a second one that we did was last week I was talking about old school um, Iron Mans. And I said in Iron Man 2 that there was IM versus WM. And on the air I couldn't figure out what WM stood for. And it's so easy. It's War Machine. Edgar, come on. But to put that in context, one of the best scenes in Iron Man 2 is whenever Iron Man fights War Machine. And it's probably, I think, more like in the middle of the episode or the show. And it might be the third. I'm not for sure. That's, what's the, that's the problem with these Iron Man 2s and 3s. Like, they all just kind of bleed together. So that's one of the best scenes in one of those two movies. Let's see here. Uh, on my watch list, it's pretty much been nothing but uh, Better Call Saul. In fact, on Sunday, I was doing my Better Call Saul binge, which was getting up to around season three. And then the show that had its season finale this past Sunday was uploaded. And so I had to watch that, too, because there's no way I was going to be able to blast through all these episodes and then want to watch the season finale. And I'm so glad I watched the season finale because it was so good. How's that for your... How's that for your for your hot take? It was so good. But anyways, um, as long as I keep watching this show and I keep having seeing things like symbolism-wise, I want to point them out. <clears throat> so sorry if you've never seen Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad for that matter. But one little bit of symbolism that I saw this week was in, in season three, whenever Mike is about to meet Gus, um, he said there's two road signs that is like speed bumps ahead and dead end. And there is no better symbolism than that right there because that's exactly what happens to Mike because he meets uh, Gus Fring. One thing leads to another, and then another leads to Walter White, and then all hell breaks loose. All right. Uh, In these rewatch episodes, uh, you see a lot of Chuck, especially in the first three seasons. He's played by um, Michael McKean. And great, great actor, and the reason that he's such a great actor is because you hate Chuck. In fact, when the show is airing Chuck episodes, the hashtag FuckChuck would preview, or I'm sorry, would, would be trending on, um, on Twitter. Uh, Chuck is the antagonist to Saul for the first three seasons because he is considered like one of the best lawyers. Like every single lawyer in the state knows who he is. He knows people in the bar association. He's just considered like this monolith whenever it comes to the law. And then you have Jimmy, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, who's his brother, who barely sneaks into law school, squeaks by, squeaks by the bar, and gets his license. And Chuck, knowing that he's such a badass, is like, I don't like 
like it that my that my brother has a has a uh, law license. In fact, he says he calls it a, a chimp with a machine gun, uh, and it's true for the most part. But since we're following Saul, since this whole episode, since this whole universe is based on rooting for the bad guy. Uh, you say, screw you, Law. We like what uh, Saul Goodman's doing. Um, I haven't got to the part in the rewatch yet where Lalo makes his first appearance, but man, he has turned into the, the, the series' really main antagonist. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, he's the guy that shows up at the end of Season 4 and is really predominantly shown in Season 5. He is so charismatic, and he murders people. Like, you're you're rooting for this guy because he's so charismatic, like Hitler and like um, what's that other guy's name, like Ted Bundy and things like that. Like these killers are always so charismatic, like me, for example. But in this last episode in the series in the season finale, he literally looks and acts like the T one thousand from Terminator two. Like he just destroys this like assault. Like well, you know, Joe's gonna be mad at me for spoilers. Let's just say he's a badass in the final episode of this season. And then uh, Kimmy is uh, this is that's uh, that's Jimmy's uh, girlfriend. Well, actually, wife at this point. Um, <clears throat> because and I don't think that's any that's any secret. Like if you're gonna be attorneys, if you're gonna share if, if you're gonna share a life with another attorney. Uh, the good thing is, is you're going to have like marital, uh, mar- marital privilege. And so that's the reason why they do that. But a lot of people have been saying like this whole series is the, is, is her, is her switch from good to bad. Uh, I still think it's a focus of Jimmy McGill versus, uh, Saul Goodman, but ultimately, yeah, she has really went to the dark side. And again, we're going into the final season of Better Call Saul, and Kim is not around, Lalo is not around, and Nacho is not around. In fact, Nacho was the precursor uh, for the SWAT team that attacked Lalo anyways. All right, let's move on to current events, and I'm happy to report that current events has its own segment again. Uh, The coronavirus seems to, it seems to not be waning, but it looks like, it feels like the news is really trying to break through the ether of the coronavirus um, kind of just stranglehold on the news and actually talk about other things. And so we're actually going to make Corona its own segment again, and we'll talk about that in a few other segments. But uh, before I move on, I wanted to talk about um, something that I said last week was going to be a big thing, and that's this Michael Jordan documentary, and indeed it was. Uh, 6.1 million views on Sunday night whenever it aired. There was two episodes. And this was blew away the record of documentaries on ESPN. Right, like this was the one thing that people had to watch that was new on Sunday, and even though I'm talking about it on my news commentary show, I didn't watch it. I'm so sorry, and you know why? Better call Saul. That's why I just got done spending ten minutes talking about it. Uh, whenever you watch this show, the general manager is is the perceived antagonist, uh, Jerry Krause. Uh, he is the general manager, and so the general manager is kind of like the basketball mind that is not the owner, right? Like I kind of, for what it's worth, manage the debate program, and Morton is the one that uh, it owns it, right? But Morton doesn't coach debate. I coach debate. And so Jerry, and trust me when I say Jerry Krause isn't, isn't a great basketball player. He's a short, stocky man. God rest his soul. But... What I've I've been told in the last dance that the whole documentary isn't necessarily about Michael Jordan. He's the best player on the best team, 
and it's about their final season where Jerry Krause tells Phil Jackson, the head coach, it doesn't matter if you go 82-0, and 0, I'm, you're not going to coach the team next year. And so he broke up the Bulls, uh, even though they had won six NBA championships. And the only reason they didn't win like two other NBA championships is Michael Jordan decided to go out and play baseball for a little bit. And listen, over the past like decade, there's been a lot of stipulate or there's been a lot of controversy about LeBron going to the Heat and um, and Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors and, and things like that and creating these quote unquote super teams. But trust me when I say Michael Jordan himself was on a super team. Let's go over it, shall we? He was the best player. Uh, Scottie Pippen was really good. In fact, Scottie Pippen made the top 50 best players uh, whenever they made that list like a couple of years ago. Um, Dennis Rodman was on the team. He was the best rebounder in the, in the, in the world, essentially. He, just, he blew up uh, rebound stats. Uh, Tony Kukoc was the best foreign player ever. Um, Horace Grant was super good. B.J. Armstrong, my boy, was the best from baseline three-pointers. Uh, he even made the All-Star game that year. And uh, don't forget about Steve Kerr, who was unbelievable from three-point land. So they had a good team as well, and they had a really good coach, and they essentially had a pretty good administration until they wanted to, uh, or I'm sorry, organization until they broke up the Bulls. So trust me when I say Jordan didn't do it alone. Jordan did not do it alone. Um, I, I don't really have much to say about the shooting that occurred in Canada. Um, you know, you have you know lack. You have some pretty lax gun laws uh, in the United States, so this happens all the time. But man, this was a huge shooting in Canada. Uh, that Mounties uh, were taken out in the event. Like Mounties are kind of like these uh, these law enforcers in in Canada. And uh, Justin Trudeau said that they were going to act swiftly on some gun control measures, but he's not acting as swiftly as that uh, woman uh, in New Zealand, like that shooting at Christ Christchurch that uh, left 50 uh, Muslims dead. They had like new gun legislation within that week. So come on, Trudeau, the eyes of the world are on you. All right, let's move on to the NFL draft. A lot of sports this week. I won't spend much time on the NFL draft uh, if anyone's listening. I about said ladies, but, man, that would have been just such gendering. I digress. But, anyways, uh, the only two players I really know that are in this draft are – I'm a big quarterback guy. I'll just be honest. And I know that's very, very basic, but that's that's who has the ball. Like, you follow the ball in sports, right? Like, you kind of follow the ball whenever it leaves a pitcher's hand and goes to the base. You're not watching the third baseman, right? Like, you can't even watch the third baseman in baseball, but I digress. And also in basketball, you're kind of following around the basketball. You're not seeing, like, the plays being created. It's too fast. And even then, what about transition basketball? I went off on a rant. I'm sorry. <clears throat> So anyways, I love the quarterback position, so I know a lot about, you know, quarterbacks and if like teams take out take like left guards and things like that and like uh, rushing and things like that just things that not only that, that affect the quarterback and so some of the key players this year are like Joe Burrow he just went like undefeated uh, at LSU although a lot of people think that he's kind of got like this Tebow effect where he's like he's going to just destroy in the college game but not be so good in the uh, in the in the uh, in in what am I trying to say in the pros uh, Tua Tua Tonga-Vailoa that is the quarterback for Alabama now here's the issue he is super good but he's injury prone and even and then some people will say, well, that shouldn't be a reason to not take him. So that's going to be interesting where he goes in the draft. 
Um, another thing that uh, is interesting is that since we are in the age of the coronavirus, um, the, the draft is going to be uh, on Zoom. And so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I guarantee you there's going to be some news from the uh, from the draft because of Zoom. So let's put that in the errors and omissions segment, Edgar. Um, and then, like, what are they drafting for? They're drafting for this upcoming season, but I'm not sure if they've been told we're in the middle of a pandemic. And... Football games are like one of the last things that are going to be that are going to be like open back up. It's going to be anything that's going to be like concerts or anywhere where you're like in close proximity to a lot of people. NBA basketball was one of the very first things to to uh, to to shut down completely because of this thing. This virus is a very social disease, and so you can't be doing football games and things like that, or at least you can't have crowds, right? So who knows what's even going to happen uh, if we don't have a football season, but you, you know what I'm going to be real sad about if there's not a season? Fantasy football! I'm the defending champion in our league. I really need to buy a trophy. And that's going to be my name in that league, by the way. Last year's champ. I already got it. More NFL news. Gronkowski came out of retirement. That's uh, Tom Brady's favorite tight end, and he's just going to play for Tampa Bay. And because he retired in the middle of a contract, uh, the New England Patriots got a fourth-round draft pick because of it. So they're like, yeah, you can have this retired player. We'll have a fourth-round draft pick. And they could probably get something good out of that. Patriots stockpiling draft picks. Uh, once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar, part of the Oops All Topics Network. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger, and follow, share, and download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and also Apple Podcast. That's where I listen is Apple Podcast. All right, let's move on to the Corona Corner. How long do you think we're going to have a Corona Corner? At least by May 30th. You know why? Because my heart was broken right before the show started. Everyone was telling me that May 15th was the day. We are going to lift everything on May 15th. And then I wake up from my nap. Don't laugh. Naps what make the world go around. And J.B. Prisker, my governor, is saying that there is a stay-at-home order until May 38th. I'm sorry, J.B. Prisker. I guess you didn't know that my birthday was May 16th. What am I going to do now? I guess I'm going to have some podcast ideas. So, it, yeah, so it's April 22nd right now. We've essentially been on lockdown since March 15th. That's going to be at least two and a half months. Oh, my God. The city of Chicago has been shut down for at least two and a half months. All non-essential work. Unbelievable. Okay, so I talked last week about the protest in Michigan and other parts of the country, um, but I'm starting to think that um, some of these people are uh, astroturf. And what I mean by that is that the um, majority of Americans reject astroturf anti-lockdown protests, say social distancing orders must remain in place to fight pandemic. And what astroturf means is like if suddenly a protest pops up, like let's say there's a protest where you are and it's like the signs are kind of made very poorly, uh, there's not very many people, but just enough to get media coverage, and it would be funded by one person or a number of individuals. Let's say conspiracy theory people love George Soros because they can he can just underwrite every uh, every um, 
uh, protest. That's called AstroTurf. Whenever whenever Trump would be, became president, you might remember that there was like a lot of protest. Those weren't AstroTurf. That was women pissed off that they that that this womanizer became president. That wasn't AstroTurf. And the reason they call it AstroTurf is because it's fake grass roots. Isn't that funny? But back to the article that comes from commondreams.org. Despite wall-to-wall corporate media coverage, that's what AstroTurf wants, of anti-social distancing demonstrations in Michigan and Texas and other parts of the U.S., new polling from CBS News shows that the vast majority of Americans oppose demands from the protesters who are demanding that U.S. businesses be reopened as soon as possible despite the coronavirus pandemic. The survey, which has a margin of error of 2.5 points, found that 63% of the 2,100 respondents polled were conducted at the the U.S. economy would reopen too quickly, not too slowly. The poll results come as some Republican governors are pushing to reopen states in the coming days, uh, and I'll talk to that. Here, I'll talk about that here in one second as I move on to uh, what's happening in Georgia. But ultimately, what that article is saying is that. The AstroTurf is working because they do just a little bit, just enough to get media coverage. Then the media does cover it, and it's like, oh, America wants to get back to work, and our dipshit president thinks that, hey, the the, the majority of people want to get back to work. That's what people are saying. (laughs) And it's like, no, they're not. It's not the vast majority. It's your 41% or your 35% or in this article's case, 33% that will just do whatever you say, okay? Which means the vast majority of people, 67% are like, you know what? Let, let the economy be, suffer for a little bit. We'll pay for it on the back end, but we need to get this public health crisis controlled, all right? Uh, I don't necessarily think that it is a political issue or it should be a political issue at this point, but for the past two weeks, as people have gotten more and more antsy, it has become a political issue. Let me just clear the clear the board here. Uh, so this leads us to lifting orders, right? And you're not seeing well. I get, you just saw the inverse in Illinois, where he says, "Nope, we're gonna be gonna be staying at home until at least May 30th." But then you have Georgia and elsewhere in the South, governors are lifting coronavirus restrictions, and the Georgia governor says he thinks his citizens are ready for this. This comes from NBC News. Some governors in the South have begun loosening restrictions to put place to contain the spread of coronavirus. Kemp on Monday granted businesses across the state permission to reopen later this week, an announcement echoed by a handful of Republican governors who are beginning to lift stay-at-home orders. He wants to open barbershops, gyms, and other businesses that include close contact. This comes days after President Trump issued guidelines to reopen state economies. So essentially, this is what they're talking about here. Remember last week whenever we said that Trump has this phase-in process to get back to work? Well, part of phase one is that your state can't reopen businesses that really touch people, like hairstylists and bowling alleys and, and, and the like, unless you've had two weeks of coronavirus decline. Well, guess who hasn't had two weeks of coronavirus decline? Georgia! But they're opening up anyways. Do you want COVID-19? Because that's how you get COVID-19. And you might be asking yourself, oh, it's just bowling. Oh, really? Is that your bowling ball that you're using or your kids are using or is it somebody else's that borrowed it, right? Because I don't have my own bowling ball. 
you, you know, you have coronavirus on your fingers. You go put a, your finger in a bowling ball and suddenly it's in the bowling ball and it can live there for like days or even weeks, okay? And I'm not trying to be like fear pill or anything like that. I'm just saying let's be safe about this, okay? And folks, look, I look like Grizzly Adams right now. I have a beard and, I, and my hair is growing crazy. Like you can't even see my face. I look like a wolf man. But I'm like I'm not wanting my barber to go back to work. They could be spreading the coronavirus, okay? And don't get me started on these fever scanners because even though they're cool, and I named an episode after Chinese fever scanners, sad to tell you, but a fever doesn't always accompany that coronavirus. What if you're asymptomatic and you have the coronavirus? Your fever scanner is not going to work. And as a collective, like... And I, and I mentioned this at the beginning of current events, is that coronavirus news is waning. Like, we are sick of this. Um, I'm sure that the late night hosts and everybody who does uh, television for a living is tired of all the Zoom stuff that they have to do, right? That's getting old. Uh, P.S. My favorite guy who's transitioned in the coronavirus era is Seth Meyers. I love his Thorn Birds act, but I digress. Um and I don't know why the news is waning. Maybe they're just so tired of it. Um, but the coronavirus doesn't care, folks. The coronavirus is going to be here for as long as it wants to be. Okay? And I fucking hate it that we have to be indoors all the time. Because I have a little one-year-old running around. And what we would be doing weekly is taking him to, like, one-year-old groups and things like that. And, folks, I'm telling you, even he is upset that we're always home all the time and not doing anything. We had to take him on four walks a day. Oof, mercy sakes. But did you see how much news I had other than coronavirus? Like, people are, people are just like, you know what, the coronavirus is a part of life. Let's have some more current events. Um, gas tracker. And here's a sub-segment that I called, that I want to start calling, called it Kobe. Rest in peace. We have had gas tracker on our segment for the past month now because I said, watch the gas prices. And you know what happened this week? We had a huge issue with gas prices. About 150 years of oil price history and one chart illustrating crude's spectacular plunge below a dollar a barrel. All right? So in a world, in in a perfect world, the gas stations right now would be giving us money to fill up our gas tanks. But they can't do that, obviously. But they should because a barrel of oil right now costs less than a dollar a gallon. The formerly unthinkable drop in oil prices below below zero dollars a barrel on Monday is still reverberating through financial markets as supply overwhelms demand destroyed by the coronavirus pandemic, forcing some energy companies into possibly bankruptcy as storage reaches maximum capacity. And these aren't big energy companies. These are small uh, energy companies. And that's another I called it. Go back two or three episodes where we talk about the energy companies who are small companies are going to be going bankrupt because they're not being able to sell their crude oil. Indeed, the now defunct May West Texas Intermediate Crude, uh, which expired on Tuesday, plunged in the negative territory to start the week in a history-making event that saw the front-month contract at the time settle at negative $37 a barrel before recovering some of that in the following session. So I'll be done with that article, but there is a there is a uh, there's a there's a graph that goes with it, 
And from, let's say, 1870 to 1975, gas was less than a dollar a gallon. Then you then it starts looking like an EKG machine with what looks to be 2000. Yeah, I remember that time, 2006, whenever it was like $4 a gallon, even in like Kansas. It's been going down, going down, going down, and then just a huge plunge right now. And you know what made it plunge? The coronavirus. This shit is real. <laughs> Governor of Georgia, come on. Uh, so, anyways, and one one big issue of this uh, of the of gas right now is where to store it, right? Because I'm sure your gas tank is full. You're not driving anywhere. No one's driving anywhere, and if they just keep out pumping out oil and natural gas and things like that. They're gonna have to put it somewhere. Let's keep our eye on this. Called it. Uh, election 2020, nothing much has changed. I just have some um, com- commentary on the election. Trump wins Twitter war but against Biden for sure. Biden has the most boring Twitter account, you know, and I hate saying that, right? Like even Hillary was like, delete your account to Trump, which was pretty cool. But Biden's Twitter is so bad. Someone listening that's close to Biden, get him on the phone, say, hey, spice up your Twitter. Our sub-segment here, who's the VP, question mark. Hasn't changed much, but it continues to be a louder and louder pull for Kamala Harris. And it's like, guys, like she's not going to be able to carry California because it's already carried, right? I wish Amy Klobuchar was, was, was running. Like, why does she brag so much about being a winner and winning Minnesota, a red state, Whenever she won't even toss her, her her hat in for the VP ring. Like, that's exactly where she needs to be. Then it's like a moderate ticket. Biden, Klobuchar. Sounds pretty strong, right? If it's if it's Biden, Warren, uh, you know, that kind of balances the ticket out a little bit, too. That might be a good idea. But again, she's not. If even if she carries a state, it's going to be a small state. Ah, oh, God, I really want A.B. Klobuchar, Stacey Abrams, or Gretchen Whitmer. Those are my three. Uh, Trump talk, really Trump Twitter at this point. Uh, he wanted to liberate states earlier in the week. This is old news. Um, like, wh- what do you mean liberate states from your policy? Like, you're the president, dummy. He says that there there should be like I'll let the governors decide, and we should uh, the stay at home orders, like the 15 days to stop the spread or 30 days to stop the spread. Whenever we got that information from the CDC. Like that that's 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 like Trump's organization. That's Trump's administration saying, Hey, we need to stay at home. And then he's telling people to liberate themselves. Like this is this is this is talking out of both ends of your ass. Right? Do this but also do that. Like pick a side. <laughs> and also pick the side backed by science. He literally complained about testing being too hard. No shit. That's why you're the president. Like, it's so much more to be president than just sitting on the toilet tweeting all day. He knows that, right? Every moment he is on Twitter tweeting, that is five or six tests for uh, COVID that we could have done. And a lot of people have these antibodies. Like, Cuomo was just saying that 13, he thinks between 13 and 21% of the population of New York had the coronavirus. It goes back to that, like, 
eight or nine episodes ago, whenever I complained about a uh, a weird like flu that I had, where it was like I was lethargic one day, and then one day I lost my voice, and I'll never forget that. I'm so glad I have a podcast to go back to. And then recently, he's banned immigration. Uh, now, before we put on our progressive liberal hats and want to just abolish the border anyways, let me tell you that he has lots of um, uh, exceptions in there. And uh, also, it's the age of coronavirus. We're doing a lot of crazy stuff. And uh, if Mexico isn't doing as good of a job as the United States as far as like social distancing and testing and just overall rampant spreading, uh, then we probably should close the border to them, okay? With exceptions, of course. Uh, the last thing in current events that I really wanted to talk about was um, was all the holidays. Like when you're in like a shutdown, the holidays just mean nothing, right? Like think about 420 this year. It kind of came and went, right? Um, there was no big push at the dispensaries from what I've heard. Uh, no one really talked about it on uh, Instagram or Twitter except the real big stoners. Um, Easter this year, there wasn't even any church this year. Uh, we took an Easter picture, but it was like just one picture and we were all wearing our face masks for fun. Uh, I remember St. Patrick's Day came and went and these were all, uh, holidays that we've lived through. But what about these holidays coming up? Like Mother's Day. Like if Mother, Mother's Day is going to be a home this year, that means mom's going to have to cook. And that means the restaurant industry is going to take a big hit because they're not going to be open for Mother's Day. Like, the servers love that, but trust me when I say the franchises do not love that. When I worked at Olive Garden, those that was the busiest day of the year, was Mother's Day. Start to finish, big tables all day long. Uh, there's going to be no graduations this year, right? That's a large congregation of people. Um, I heard someone talking about how their senior missed out on every single one of their like super fun things, like quarter four of being a senior just completely wiped out due to the coronavirus. That is super sad. But you know what's even sadder than that? Now that they've extended the stay-at-home order to May 30th, another holiday we're going to miss is my birthday! May 16th. Less than a month away. I'm sad I'm going to be not 37 anymore. 37 in a row? <laughs> Please tell me you know where that's from. Once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Follow or DM me on Instagram or Twitter at TheJedgar. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple motherfucking podcast. If I get... Hmm. If I get funded by my boss, which I'm putting a proposal together to for them to fund my podcast stream. Um, I wonder if I'm going to have to be, if I'm not going to be able to curse anymore. I'm going to, well, since this wouldn't be necessarily part of the Morton stuff, maybe I'll say, maybe I'll just have like a graphic content. Yeah, I'll do that. And then it's like, well, download at your own risk. I am going to have to support them if they sponsor it though. All right, let's move on to whoa, 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 weird science. As people stay home, Earth turns wilder and cleaner. Now, this is kind of like a running gag on Oops All Topics here, where the past five weeks we saw China get cleaner. Uh, we talked about it last week where uh, we're starting to see cleaner parts of the, of the United States. 
Uh, but an unplanned grand experiment is changing Earth. As people across the globe stay home to stop the spread of the new coronavirus, the air has cleaned up, albeit temporarily. Smog stops choking New Delhi, one of the most polluted cities in the world, and India is getting views of sites not visible in decades. Nitrogen dioxide pollution in the northeastern United States is down 30%. Rome air pollution levels from mid-March to mid-April were down 49% from a year ago. Stars seem to be more visible at night. People are also noticing animals in places and at times they don't usually. Coyotes have been meandering along downtown Chicago's Michigan Avenue and near San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge. A puma roamed the streets of Santiago, Chile. Goats took over a town in Wales and India. Already daring wildlife has become bolder with hungry monkeys entering homes and opening refrigerators to look for food. That's hysterical. There's even a video that goes with it. When people stay home, Earth becomes cleaner and wilder. That's pretty cool, right? It's very weird. That's why it's in weird science. And we do have to move a little bit fast because I talk so much about current events, my lands. But let me give you a little social utility here. The other day for dinner, we had salmon and white rice, right? How bougie is that? And then um, Jess... My wife goes, oh, no, I forgot. I hiccup whenever I eat rice. And I literally dropped my plate. And I was like, what are you talking about? And after she hiccuped about two or three times, she said, yeah, when I eat rice, I hiccup. And I said, I'm going to talk about that on Weird Science. Eating cold roast potatoes and rice might cause hiccups. According to znews.india.com, Savoring cold roast potatoes and gulping them down without proper chewing can be a cause of irritating hiccups. Savoring cold roast potatoes and gulping down... Oh, I already read that. A media report said, suggesting that incurable roast potato lovers should eat them hot. Hiccups are involuntary contractions of the diaphragm and other respiratory muscles that we use to breathe in. Many things can cause hiccups. One of these is resistant starch, that's why it's rice, found in starchy foods like potatoes when they are eaten cold. Gastroenterologist Professor Terry Bolin, president of the Gut Foundation, was quoted as saying in an ABC report, that person misspelled quoted but you know what i like about this article professor boland works at the gut foundation just take like your favorite thing like let's take aaron for example don't you want to be a part of the podcast foundation or me professor jason edgar president of the debate foundation i mean it just sounds so magnanimous but anyways professor bolin of the gut foundation continues resistant starch resists the process of digestion in the small intestine where starchy food is digested when it is hot and moves into the bowl and colon bowel i'm sorry and colon where it is fermented by bacteria that produces more gas bolin said adding and the gas then gives you some bloating that maybe irritates the diaphragm and causes the hiccups so you, not only are you going to um, have the hiccups, but you also might have you might fart as well. All right, do we need to do plugs one more time? I don't think so. Let's just move on to our feature. Ooh, and it's getting chilly in here. If it's cold in that one country, would you say it's chilly in Chile? <laughs> All right, guys, I know. My feature discussions over the past few weeks have been nothing but comic book stuff. But, I mean, the comic book movies are losing their minds right now because of the coronavirus. 
Like Marvel and, I mean, second place DC, they have just been having a stranglehold on the movie industry for the past, I mean, let's say it, 10, 15 years now. And because we're not like going to the movies anymore and you can't make movies anymore unless it's on Zoom, like they're having to repackage and resubmit all the dates where they're going to be putting their movies out. So the reason I talk about that is because in the next, let's say, few minutes, I'm going to talk about DC's lineup. So last week we kind of did like a little um, uh, deep dive into like old, uh, um, I'm sorry, old Marvel movies. And the week before that, we talked about like all the Marvel movies coming up. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about Marvel's updated lineup. Uh, not Marvel's, I'm sorry, DC's uh, updated lineup. And then kind of just, I don't know, give you some thoughts about what I think about the movie. Uh, maybe if there's any news about the people playing the parts. And also uh, who I would compare them to in like a Marvel fight. So anyways, let's start with Wonder Woman. Um, I've said before, this is probably one of the best... Um, uh, characters in the DC universe right now. Um, I'm not a real big fan of Superman just because like he's just too powerful and it's just too easy to be like, oh, but you have kryptonite. <laughs> so anyways, Wonder Woman had a really good plot in the first uh, in the first movie and they keep pushing this 1984 date, which is pretty cool. I also like her uniform uh, that they keep showing her in. Uh, good first solo film, but here's the problem with... Um, uh, with Gal Gadot and just being like a Gal Gadot lover because have you ever been like over the past two or three years you could be asked who's your favorite who's your celebrity crush well who are you going to say right if you want a solid answer you can always say Gal Gadot right she's aesthetically pleasing she has a good Instagram and um, and she's Wonder Woman right like that's a nice easy answer okay however did you know that she is a Zionist what's a Zionist well, let me tell you from medium.com. The fact that Gal Gadot is Israeli is an accident of birth. We as individuals have no control over where we're born. Gadot is Israeli by nationality and Jewish. Equating those facts about her to the apartheid state of Israel and the government's policies play, plays right into the neoconservative Zionist talking point that every critique of Israel's government is directly rooted in anti-Semitism. The fact is that military service in Israel is mandatory, according to myjewishlearning.com. From the age of 18, every Israeli male and female is required to serve two or three, three to two years, respectively, of compulsory military service. The next part of the controversy comes from a social media post that, that Godot made showing solidarity for her fellow Israeli citizens. And all she does is say, like, I'm spreading my love and prayers to fellow Israeli citizens, and then people ran with that. It seems pretty harmless. But uh, is there anything else I want to say about that? So basically, I mean... I can't tell if this article is for her or against her. I think it might be just kind of like right down the middle where it's like if she really does support the Israeli military, like who are bombing uh, Palestinians and Muslims and things like that, it's just not a great – it's not a great fit, right, especially for someone who calls themselves Wonder Woman. All right? So anyways, uh, who is she closely related to? Um, I would say Captain Marvel, right? Uh, because essentially, like, she can fly. I think Captain Marvel might be a little bit stronger just because, like, she's, like, the most powerful being in the universe. Uh, she's pretty much, like, a comet, and I don't see, like, Wonder Woman ever being a comet. Um, but I think in a fight, I think Captain Marvel would win against Wonder Woman, but trust me when I say Wonder Woman would, like, crush Iron Man and Captain America. All right. So that's first. And then they're rebooting Suicide Squad after one friggin' movie, right? Um... 
I'm not sure if this is going to be a Birds of Prey sequel, but the Suicide Squad is uh, is that that's the group where Harley Quinn is in charge, and they're put on a suicide mission where it's like you either win the mission or um, or you die. Uh, this is whenever Amanda Waller is like a big antagonist in the Batman universe. So this is a Batman movie, Batman universe movie, and it should include Batman in the movie for sure. Um, Harley Quinn, uh, they really cannot seem to get like strong Harley Quinn movies out. I really need to see Birds of Prey though. Maybe I'll watch Birds of Prey and then give that a uh, give that a good feature discussion next week. Uh, but I say this group is very close to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Then we got our very first uh, Batman movie in a long time. Uh, it's going to be called The Batman. Um, James Pattinson, aka Cedric uh, Cedric Diggory, aka what team? <laughs> Who was he in um, in Twilight? I didn't watch it. He wasn't Jacob. It was, was his name Brandon. Holy shit! I don't know the name of Robert Pattinson in Twilight, but I digress. Um, it is a reboot of the Batman franchise, so it won't be Ben Affleck. Um, it's going to cover his early years, and if Batman was a true to form on Earth super or hero, um, he would be kind of like a uh, like a running back. Uh, he would be built like one. He'd have to be really powerful. And much like a running back in the NFL, he could only really do the Batman job for four years uh, because every night he's just getting his ass kicked by bad guys. So if you're going to be like some sort of vigilante, you've got to be like in your prime 20s, solid muscle, and you're only going to be able to do it for like four or five years, okay? Other than that, you're going to have to be um, you're going to have to be a superhero. Um, I, if, if they are going to have an idea of an arc for all of these DC movies uh, because all of DC could be comprised of the Justice League. What I would like for them to do is this uh, idea where Batman gathers all the secrets of the superheroes. This movie has been made before. I'm just not sure what it's called. Uh, Maybe I'll put that in the errors and omissions segment next week. But anyways... The reason this would be such a great arc over multiple movies is because it would put Batman in pretty much every movie trying to steal uh, steal the um, – he steals the weaknesses of all of his um, superhero friends like Wonder Woman and Superman and Green Lantern and who, all the other ones. And – and then he puts them in like a vault, right? Well, what happens if bad guys, all the bad guys of all these superheroes, gets their hands on that list, almost like an anti-Justice League? And so you have – you would have like be able to have like five or six characters on one side, five or six characters on the other side, and Batman in the middle along with the, all the people that hate him. And I really just think it would be a good – arc movie right as far as like spanning over a dozen movies or so hit me up on that uh since batman is pretty much just rich and can do whatever he wants he's very similar to iron man but iron man would crush batman in a fight because he's smarter and his tech is just way better he has like a nuclear reactor in his chest okay uh, Black Adam. Not going to spend much time on this. I know nothing. The one thing I know about Black Adam is that he's the he's the antagonist of Shazam. I actually did love Shazam. Um, and it's going to be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's about all I know. I did love the Shazam franchise, that movie that came out. And, I mean, is he comparable to She-Hulk, right? I, I guess. I don't know. The antagonist to the Hulk. Um... Yeah, I guess so. If I'm going to have a, a opposite antagonist, but we're just going to have to know more about the character. Uh, then they're going to have a Flash movie. Like the Flash has not been a movie in a long time. I have they even made a Flash movie? The thing you need to know about the Flash is that he is super 
powerful, right? At the point where you can just run so fast that you can travel through time, uh, that you can become like a supernova. Just watch some of the Flash television series. He does a ton of stuff. He can be almost as powerful as Superman. Well, put it this way. Superman is all-powerful, right? The Flash can run just as fast as Superman. So uh, the actor is in hot water. Uh, he recently like strangled one of his fans. I don't have it up as an article, but I can maybe bring it up next week. My errors and omissions are going to be huge next week. Uh, but yeah, I think he strangled a fan, and so that's going to put the whole show in contention. But also, they might not have the show's Flash as the television. I'm sorry, as the movie's Flash. I'm just not sure. Then there comes a couple of um, uh, sequels, one I love, one I don't. Uh, Shazam 2, a bit, I was a big fan of Shazam, and I even loved it, even though it kind of looked like it was for kids, right? Um, I did not like how kind of um, dismissive Billy Batson was as a character, and then whenever he turns into Shazam, he's like, oh my god, look at these super cool powers! Like, I think Billy Batson needs to be, like, a super fun, super, like, cool, like, loves comic book as, uh, as, a, as, as a kid himself. And he just wasn't that whenever he was, like, just the kid. Uh, whenever his family also had the Shazam powers, I just thought that was just the coolest ending to a movie that I've seen recently. If I was going to compare Shazam to anybody, it would probably be the Hulk. But again, Hulk can't fly, so this might be one where DC would win. And then Aquaman 2. Can I be honest? I walked out of Aquaman. And it wasn't because I was offended. And it wasn't because, like, I was, I, I was just bored. I was just bored with it. Like, it was reluctant hero for the, half, for the first half of the movie. And I just think Vincent Chase is better at Aquaman. Do you know what I'm even talking about? Whenever they made the, the TV show Aqu or Aquaman, whenever they made the TV show Entourage, which was about an actor getting gigs, he was the actor that played Aquaman, and that was the story arc in season two and three. Now, I know Entourage has not aged well, especially in the age of like Me Too, where it was just a bunch of guys screwing women in Hollywood. But come on, those first three seasons were really good, all right? And another actress in Hot Water uh, is Amber Heard. There's even a, a petition to remove her from Aquaman 2. Uh, Heard has been exposed as a domestic abuser by Johnny Depp. That It's Johnny Depp's girlfriend. In his $50 million lawsuit, Johnny Depp described many incidents of domestic abuse that he suffered at the hands of his then-wife, Amber Heard, including one incident where she punched him twice in the face and another where she shattered his finger with a vodka bottle and his finger had to be surgically reattached. He will bear the scar from that for the rest of his life. Aw, poor. Poor, poor, uh, poor Johnny Depp. But anyways, that's your, that's your female lead in Aquaman 2. And Aquaman is kind of like underwater Thor. Like he's very powerful and he can fly and things like that. And they both have long hair. So what do you want me to say? And he also has like a, a weapon. Like Thor has a Mjolnir and uh, Aquaman has his trident. So in closing, um, the shutdown is going to be good for DC. And here's why. It's because, like, Marvel, like, had a complete just stop with their stuff with Endgame. And then they had that little Spider-Man movie. It wasn't a little Spider-Man movie, but it was like, why did that have to go right after Endgame? Just end with Endgame and then not have any movies for a long time. Maybe they liked the, uh, maybe they liked how Spider-Man ended, but I digress. And that would be a good uh, gap of time. But now that the coronavirus has just shut down everything... 
it's going to push Marvel dates even further. And if it's going to feel like we're going to be in a new age of movies because DC has their lineup and now Marvel has their lineup. And if you've, you've been following these two franchises in the past, like it's been 15 really awesome Marvel movies and one mediocre DC movie. Well, now it's like eight brand new Marvel people and five or six new and recurring DC characters. And I just think the shutdown is going to be so good for DC in that regards. So we can finally go back to a debate where like Marvel might be better than DC. I love Batman, but I'm a Marvel guy right now. Another thing that you'll notice about the lineup is that there's no Superman. Like, I just think people are just so tired of Superman movies. He might make some appearances in some of these movies, but there's he's not fall, he, the, the name of the movies is, is not Superman or Man of Steel or anything like that. And last but not least, let's just focus on that weakness arc, right? I want to talk more about it next week so I can get the name of it and the and the um, <clears throat> and more of the. I couldn't find it earlier, but like more of the plot for you. But trust me when I say it would be an awesome arc for like 10 or 11 movies. All right. And that's it for what I consider a pretty decent Oops All Topics this week with Jason Edgar, part of the Oops All Topics Network. Be sure to follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. And as always, be sure to lose your fear and find your voice.